0: Hi there, I'm Dan Box. In the last episode of Bowerville, you heard a couple of short parts of a long conversation I had with Jay Hart, the man suspected, but found not guilty of murdering three children in Bowerville over 25 years ago. A few people have expressed an interest in hearing the full conversation. So this is it. We've removed a couple of bits, partly to prevent us revealing where Jay lives now. And one other thing, This is the raw recording of a telephone conversation, so it's pretty low-quality sound. Thanks for your time. Hello? Hi, is that Joe?
1: Yes.
0: Joe, it's Dan Box from The Australian. How are you? Uh,
1: Good, thanks. Did you come to my place yesterday? I did. Yes. I thought it might have been Yes.
0: Yes, and um, you, you called me earlier today.
1: Yes, I did. Um, I assume you wanted to talk.
0: I do. And, Joe, I have got to say one thing to you. Uh, this conversation's been recorded. Yes. Okay. I appreciate you taking the time to call. It's good of you. Um, you said you had something you wanted to say to me. What do you want to say?
1: Well, there was so much. That's why I wanted to speak in person. Do you... Like the, as you know, the case is so, um, what would you say, gone on for so long, and there's so many things that, to talk about that I'm, I'm not happy with the way the press has dealt with it in the past. Okay. I've, I've listened to your podcast, and uh, I'm not 100% happy with the way that went either. Well, uh, not in what you've done but in what people have said that didn't even really know me and uh, at the time and never met me.
0: Well, let me, if I can, ask you some questions. Yeah. You know what the questions are going to be. Oh,
1: well, most of them, I could assume, yeah. Let's I just up. want to say, if it's going to be anything that like could be what would you say, construed as evidence in court. You know, for instance, I'd, I've never seen any brief about Colleen. Mm. So any questions about her, I've, I've never seen any of the evidence, so I can't comment on
0: it. Okay, I'm not going to ask you about the evidence, but let me ask you just one or two things about Colleen.
1: You, yeah. you knew her. Obviously, yeah. How did you know her? She was Alison's niece.
0: Yeah. She was last seen on the night of 13th of September, 1990, walking down the side of that house, 3 Cemetery Road. You were seen walking down the other side of that house around the same time.
1: Well, once again, that's evidence in the case that I haven't seen. That could be one one person out of 30 that might have said they'd seen that no one else did. So well, I, I can't comment on it. Let me ask you then,
0: on that night of that party, did you walk down the side of that house to the back? No. Were you there at all around midnight, around the time Evelyn disappeared? Sorry, Eve- were you there at all around midnight, around the time Colleen disappeared? I
1: was... There at, at one point that night, but I left early.
0: You left early. Yeah. Before midnight. Well before. Do you know what happened to Colin that night? No. No. Do you say you had nothing to do with what happened to Colin that night? Absolutely. Can I be blunt with you, Joe? Um, yeah. I'm not being rude. I'm just trying to do my job fairly.
1: Hang on a second, I've got a snivelly nose off. I'll <laughs> just put the uh, okay, phone down absolutely. a second. Absolutely. You were sorry? Can I be blunt? Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not trying to be rude, I'm just trying to do my job. Yep,
1: yep. Why
0: should I trust you when other people say they saw you there walking down the side of the house around that time?
1: Well, why should you trust that when... You, what, what See, some, that sort of stuff hasn't been tested. They haven't been... Whoever said that has not had the, that questioned. Everyone's just assuming that they're, they're right.
0: Would you be happy to have that tested, to have that go to court? Well,
1: I wouldn't be happy about it, but I certainly wouldn't be as concerned as some might think I would be.
0: Let's try, let's move on to Evelyn. You knew her mum, Rebecca. Yeah. The night... Evelyn disappeared, there was a party. Number 6, Cemetery Road. Mm Mm-hmm. You were at that party. Mm Mm-hmm. You were seen walking out of the room where Rebecca and Evelyn were sleeping.
1: No. And this was in court. I'll I'll just put the phone down for a second on. Just uh, having a cigarette. I'll just put you on speaker for a second. So in court the person that said she's seen that and I listen to your podcast mm. she said that she didn't see me come out of the room. She said she seen me walk first seen me when I was about halfway down the hallway.
0: My understanding of the evidence is she saw you walking out of the room
1: understanding's wrong then, because that's what she said in court.
0: So you say that she said she saw you walking halfway down the hallway? Yeah. And this was in the early hours of the night? Mm Mm-hmm. So you were in the house in the early hours of the night?
1: No, that's what she said. I'm not agreeing with that at all.
0: Where were you?
1: Sorry? Where were you? I don't know, I don't know what time it was or what point of the party it was or
0: if it was
1: after the party. We'd been drinking all day. We were all so drunk that, you know, a normal person's, an average person's idea of drunk doesn't measure up to what the level of drunk is on that mission. So... We were all drunk and, and I've got no, I mean, it's 25 years ago, it's, I've got no recollections of times now I'd have to go back and look at statements and things to try and refresh my memory.
0: Let me be blunt with you again, Joe. and again, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be rude. Did you go into that room where Rebecca was sleeping with Evelyn after no. they went to sleep? No. You're saying you had nothing to do with Evelyn's disappearance. That's right. Why did you decline to give evidence at the trial over Evelyn's
1: death? I was never my barrister or QC or whatever he is. He said it wasn't needed. I didn't have to. Why didn't you? He said he didn't want me to. Why didn't you want to? Why not clear it up? that point it's not about me trying to clear things up it's about winning the case and if the guy says to me that he's the one with the years of experience if he says I don't want you to testify then that's what you do you listen to his advice
0: how would it not help for you to stand up and say this is the truth this is my account I had nothing to do with Evelyn's death
1: it's I didn't need to testify is what it came down to because there was just no evidence against me and there was plenty of evidence. In fact, I'd say the strongest evidence in these whole cases is the sightings of everyone at that shop the next morning.
0: You're talking about there's round figures, I think a dozen witnesses who say they saw... Evelyn, the day after the police say, yeah,
1: at, at various places. But yeah, there's various a, places. A, some of them are, you know, a, could be described as sketchy, not solid. But the sighting of her at the shop the next morning, she had four of her what would you relations with her they were younger boys, about nine years old. They confirmed that it was her there.
0: But, Jay, I get the impression you spent a lot of time looking at the evidence. You must know that the police have gone back and they've re-interviewed all those witnesses who say they saw Evelyn the next day. Yeah. Almost all of them have said, actually, I'm not sure it was Evelyn, or, you know, actually, I'm not sure about the date, or when they checked, they themselves weren't in Bannerville that day. So That's not
1: true at all. That, that might be what Detective Jubilum's telling you, but that's just not true. Jay, I've got, that, that, I've got a that, list Have you spoken them. to the lady, the, uh, the shopkeeper?
0: The shopkeeper.
1: She's, yeah, that, she's
0: the one person who's stuck Who has them. never
1: changed her evidence over all this time. But all she's the, never changed but it. But
0: all the others, I've got a list of them, Jay. I've got it in front of me now. I've got a list of all the other witnesses who said, actually, my evidence isn't so good on that day. So you've got 11, 12 people whose evidence can't be trusted and one person who says, you know what, I think I
1: did see Evelyn. But there, you, oh, you, you most want to of those, believe
0: that one person? Most
1: of those other people are from different sightings. Yeah. And I, so there was a sighting down at the bridge
0: Yeah.
1: later in the afternoon, I think. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter about... They they can say what they want, that they're not as, um, you know, they're they're not as sure as they were. There was another sighting of her at the park next door to where she used to live in the middle of the day. Mm -hmm. That too. They're separate incidences, but the, the one sighting there, the four boys confirm it was her and the shopkeeper confirms that she's seen them all there together and confirmed the date, and she's never changed from that.
0: She hasn't, I'll give you that. But I've got the the, the police evidence in front of me. Those other boys who you say agree with what she said, they actually, there's records, because they were in a children's home. They, they, uh, they physically couldn't have been in Bowerville that day. No,
1: that's not true either, because when they got into court, they bought the people from the... the um, children's home, and they couldn't confirm that they were there. They had no records, They you know, paper records that say they were brought in on a certain day. The lady that was in charge at the time, I think, I'm, I'm sketchy on this, but uh, the lady that was in charge at the time, they couldn't get hold of her or she would, had passed mm-hmm. away or something like that, but they couldn't confirm that, and that's that's part of the court record.
0: So what did happen to
1: Evelyn, Jay? I don't know. It's not my place to have a theory.
0: Let's talk about Clinton.
1: But before we go on, you're talking about witnesses that have changed their mind.
0: Yeah.
1: We've got a statement from a particular witness Mm. and her daughter Mm. that was there at the inquest and they said that when she came out of the inquest, Detective Jubelin came up to her and said, Look at all the other evidence. You can't be right. You need to go back in there and change what you've got, change your statements mm. in front of on the on the stand. Now, that's against the law. That's witness tampering. No, I, now, don't, I don't know if that is. Oh, my my barrister and solicitor were very firm about it. They tried to get it into court. It's the police's job to collect the evidence, not to manipulate it but the, you p- know the in
0: police i mean i look i don't know what happened I it's a, all right I, I, it's, I would argue that the police have absolutely the right to put pressure on a witness to try and get to the truth
1: yeah to get to the truth but to tell her that she's wrong in what she's seen and use other evidence that you know other people's statements but if the, That if the, may if not if the, be as strong the, as hers,
0: We're talking about the shopkeeper. If the other people who agreed with the shopkeeper have holes in their evidence, then I think it's fair to say to her, look, all these people you thought supported you, actually they don't. Are you sure you're telling the truth here?
1: But no, none of their statements have, are, are them supporting her. What I'm, what I'm saying is the four boys were there. Evelyn came along. The four boys confirmed it was Evelyn.
0: That's their
1: little group.
0: I'm saying there's there's doubts in the evidence over whether those four boys were there on that day.
1: Yeah, there is doubts. But but the woman from the shop confirmed it because she said police came to her. She was sitting on her back veranda and police came and asked her if she'd seen Evelyn. She said, yeah, I've seen her this morning with those four boys out the front. That's what she said.
0: So you're, you're holding tight to that
1: evidence? Well, it's not my evidence. I'm just I'm just being firm, trying to get the, the point across that that's what the evidence is. And it, it hasn't been um, discounted like Detective Jubelin says all the evidence has been.
0: Can we talk about Clinton?
1: Go on. Clinton... I'll just put you back on speaker sure. for a 2nd now. Yep. You right? Yep.
0: Clinton was last seen in your caravan. Uh
1: that's not exactly right either. That is? No.
0: <laughs> there were people who say they thought they might have seen an Aboriginal male hitchhiker the next morning, and some of them thought, It could have been Clinton, but none of them actually positively identified him as Clinton.
1: Two of them thought it was, and there was two people that seen him on Norco Corner that morning, apart from this truck driver.
0: Let's get on to Norco Corner in a a minute.
1: It's the same evidence. It is at Norco Corner.
0: Okay, the Norco Corner evidence. The people who thought they saw Clinton hitchhiking were given a photo of Clinton, by the cops and asked, do you think this is the person you saw? The cops don't do that anymore because it's been shown not to work. Yeah. You get false identification. But you're right, the Norco-Curna yeah. evidence, so these are the two guys who are driving into Bowerville on that morning and they think they see an Aboriginal teenage guy lying prone on the road and a white guy standing over him. Now, they... I've spoken to one of them and he says, he thinks that white guy was you, Jay.
1: Yeah, and he's never met me. And he's basing basing his identification on the supposed photo that he's seen years later. Yeah. Um, You're a crime reporter. You have to know how sketchy that identification is. And you just said yourself that police don't show people photos anymore because of false identification. Isn't that the same thing?
0: But Clinton... Was last seen in your caravan.
1: No, Clinton's last seen on Norco Corner, uh, according to three, four people now. No. The two people that supposedly seen him and the two truck drivers.
0: The two truck drivers don't identify him as Clinton. They just say an Aboriginal male teenager. So they, and we're, well, they don't yeah, see him yeah, in the morning. Yeah. And the two people, we've spoken about the two people who thought they saw a hitchhiker. There's doubts over the way police led them to that identification. In the initial investigation. So, but look, I just want to get to this point. Clinton disappears from your caravan. You've been out drinking with him the night before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Are you telling me that you had nothing to do with Clinton's disappearance?
1: Absolutely nothing. So what happened? I don't know. He left my caravan sometime that morning. And what happens to him after that? Because you have to look at that in corner evidence to try and figure it out from there.
0: Clinton's girlfriend wakes up in your caravan after you go and after Clinton's gone, wearing, not wearing her clothes, they've been removed, and they're found in your caravan. So, who took her clothes off, Joe? It must have been Clinton. And who took Evelyn's mum's clothes off? Because she wakes up after Evelyn goes missing, and her clothes have been pulled down. Who took those off, Joe?
1: I can't speak about that because that's something that I haven't been asked to. I'm asking you. To give evidence about. on. I can't. It's. It, I can't speak about that. That's evidence that. But I'm asking you. Don't, hasn't been entered in the court yet. It, it
0: doesn't have I, to, It doesn't have to be for me to ask you the question. Who took Rebecca Stanley You can
1: ask the question, but I'm saying I can't answer it because it's, that's something that I might be relying on at a later time.
0: But that suggests you know who took her clothes. So.
1: Uh, I can suggest anything you like. I'm, I'm not confirming or denying anything. I'm just saying that I can't answer that question.
0: Because you don't want to incriminate yourself in court. No,
1: that's not the reason at all. If you look at Fiona Duckett's evidence, you'll see that there was quite a few people there interested in her that night. Mm. A guy, his brother and his cousin. So you look into them. I'm sure the police haven't. I think maybe
0: the police have.
1: Well, I'll tell you something about the police. In court on uh, the, the 2006 trial, the um, expert, boyfriend or someone, the boyfriend or something that Rebecca had just been seeing out the last few weeks, he was there that night. And he said he was that, out of it on drugs and alcohol that he could have been on Congarini Road that night. True or not, I don't know, but he had said it in court. The police didn't know anything about that until then. They hadn't fu- thoroughly questioned him. And And just going back to the witnesses on Norco Corner being unsure of their evidence now, if Detective Jubelin has gone to the shop owner and basically told her in light of all the other evidence she couldn't possibly be right, she has to go back, trying to create doubt in her mind, how many other witnesses has he done that to? That can't be right. It has to be against the law. He's he's changing the the evidence.
0: I don't think it is wrong for a police officer to challenge a witness's version of events. I actually think that's their job, Joe.
1: I don't think it's challenging their evidence. I think it's him trying to lead their evidence. You said before that the initial investigation was leading the evidence, the witnesses to the evidence, but they ended up coming... Up with by like, you had know, photos and and other things. Isn't this the same thing? Him trying to lead them to saying, "Oh no, I'm not sure now." Okay, okay. Oh, that, that's my view anyway, okay. and, and it's certainly the view of the barrister that I had in yeah. 2006. Yeah. He was livid over
0: it. Jay, can I ask you about something else then? And- A troubled young woman, her evil parents. a waiting trial, before you were found not guilty, mm-hmm. a number of the people you were in prison with said you told them things about the killings. One in particular said... Mr. Witness X, yeah. He yeah. said you killed Clinton. And you, he says you also said you killed Evelyn. He says you bashed Evelyn's
1: head against a
0: wall. Now, did you say those things?
1: Absolutely not. That then, is so ridiculous.
0: Then why would he say you did?
1: He's a con- He's been convicted of perjury before.
0: He's,
1: he's a convicted perjurer.
0: He's not been convicted of perjury. He's been convicted, I'll give you false pretenses and forgery, which are both fraud-related crimes, but not perjury.
1: Um, I was certain that he was convicted of perjury in the past because one of the questions my barrister put to him in 2006 was... You you've lied to the juries before. Why should we believe you now? Look,
0: the evidence from the inquest I've got in front of me doesn't mention perjury, but it does mention criminal offences that involve dishonesty. So I fully accept what you're saying there. But he had nothing to gain from saying this. Why would he say this about you? I
1: don't know, but there's. did you also know that before the... Uh, the 1994, I think it is, trial with Clinton, mm. he sent me letters from jail along with statutory de- statutory declarations saying that Alan Williams and another prisoner from Grafton were colluding with each other to try and set me up. Yeah. He sent me these letters and... That,
0: that's, that is true, I've seen that evidence, but you see that's and interesting because, because that is where he's actually helping you out. He's working on your side, he's saying the police are trying to to set you up, but then he comes exactly. around and gives evidence against you. So that actually makes me believe that his evidence against you is more likely because he's helped you out on occasion, he doesn't have a vendetta
1: against you. <laughs> no, that's I don't say it that way, He's he's he, getting he? something. But what he has to be getting something. I know he's lying.
0: But what about the other three prison witnesses who also... I've never
1: heard them? of them. They... This th- is Honestly, this is new, new to me. Hang on, I'll just put you on speaker again. Yeah, sure. Okay. I'm, I'm
0: smoking... That's a right. No, that's right. a In the police evidence, they detail three other poli- uh, prison witnesses who say you discussed the crimes or made partial confessions to the crimes, including one says you used, you said you used tomato ketchup to cover up bloodstains in your caravan.
1: (laughs) Would that even work?
0: Back then, before DNA, yeah, maybe it would.
1: I don't know. As I say, this is the first I've heard of anyone other than Mr X.
0: What about, I'm not going to mention his name, but there was another guy who came forward. He wasn't a prison witness, he was a local guy from Bowerville. He came forward years later, and he he said you were sitting with him, you'd been drinking together, and you whispered to him something along the lines of, I've got bodies, they're buried out on the Congarini Road.
1: Complete nonsense. This guy took 14 years to come forward with that?
0: Yeah, but he's got a good excuse for that. He was, you know, he didn't, he was scared of you, he said. And i
1: wasn't even in I wasn't allowed east of the dividing range. Why would you be scared of me you You walk up that mission you yeah you know,
0: <laughs> there's plenty of people who are scared of you. you were a big bloke, and a lot of people say you've been violent in the past
1: yeah uh, you know, this is a case of 25 years of Chinese whispers, you, you know, you, you pass the story around, oh, he did this, and he did that, and I heard he did this, and all of a sudden it becomes, from I heard he did this, to oh, I know he did this, and so, it, you it, what, do that over why, 25 why years. He,
0: why would he come out and, and say that you'd said that to him? There's nothing in it for him.
1: He's the uncle of Colin.
0: So you think he wants to get
1: what? Well, we'll put this another way, he's Colleen's uncle. Why wouldn't he have come forward straight away? And you can't say he's scared of me.
0: That's uh, not
1: a reasonable excuse.
0: It is. He says he's scared of you, and he also says he didn't believe the white cops would believe a black guy over you, another white guy.
1: I don't believe that for a minute. Right. I I understand that, that, that there was a lot of miscommunication between the police and witnesses, you know, particularly the, well, the aboriginals there. But he, no one can tell me that that he knew that information and he didn't tell someone about it, even someone in his own family about it.
0: So you ever you never said that?
1: No, I didn't. And what about, there was
0: other witnesses who said, and this is... I think before the murders took place, sorry, excuse me, there was other witnesses who said, and I think this is before the murders took place, that you had threatened to kill them, uh, or threatened to bury them out on the Congarini.
1: That was, uh, yeah, that was an argument. I was accusing them of stealing some alcohol that I'd bought there, and it got very heated. And the term used was, "I'll use you for fertilizer." That was it. There was, a, that was it. And you said that. It, it, the, the same as if you get in a fight and say, "I'll kill you."
0: And you said it's,
1: that. It's the same colloquialism, whatever you want to call it. It's the same. But the thing that was is, getting around the there at is, the time. John,
0: the thing is, it may have been a threat, but those two bodies were found dumped. Near the Congarini Road, they would dump.
1: But I never mentioned Congarini Road in that argument. But you did threaten
0: to use people for fertilizer.
1: No, oh, that's a, like I said, it's a saying that was getting around there at the time.
0: And those bodies, one of them, Clinton's body, was found near a marijuana crop.
1: Yeah. Did you have anything to do? And with there was that? a trail of marijuana leaves leading from that crop to where he was found, with a pillowcase down the front of his trousers.
0: Yeah, Jay, he had your pillowcase
1: down the front exactly. of trousers. the trousers. Lo- exactly. The last place he when he left what, from was my place. Why you th- could say that he was looking for something to carry some pot in. Jay, that's I, a re- that you reckon, is. You reckon
0: uh, at four or five in the morning, he wakes up hung over, walks several kilometres without his shoes on with your pillowcase shoved down the front of his shorts to try and get some pot?
1: He was from that corner. Two people said it. Without
0: his shoes, with your pillowcase shoved down his shorts to try
1: to... Have you to seen the hair. feet on some of them guys up there? They could walk across broken glass and it, they wouldn't even know it. But that's, that's, feet that that's your
0: explanation of what might have happened.
1: It's not my explanation. It is a theory that's consistent with the evidence.
0: Another theory that's consistent with the evidence, you've got to understand, is that you killed him shoved the pillowcase down the front of his shorts maybe when he starts to wet himself at the point of death and then you carried him out and dumped him on the Congarene Road. They're both consistent with... After
1: after firstly stopping and then putting him in the middle of the road waiting for someone to come along pick him back up again put him in a car that by the way is a, what did I say, a mustard coloured station wagon? The only car I had access to that morning was a small red four-door galant a sedan it couldn't be possibly be misconstrued as a as a station wagon
0: but you know how you could explain all of that except your point about the color of the car you could explain all of that and i'm going to be blunt and again i'm not trying to be yeah you have
1: been so far i know
0: and i appreciate i appreciate you, you carrying the conversation on another theory that you know fits the evidence is that you tried to kill clinton or at least you whacked in. you carry him out to the road and you think, how can I disguise what's happened here? I can leave him lying on the road because the car's barrel around that corner. One of them's going to hit him, disguise his injuries, and then no one even knows that he was hit by me. See, that's also consistent with the evidence.
1: Well, but if you look at the law, and, the, and the, this is what the judge said in the trial, if there is a, a scenario that is cons- that fits the evidence and is consistent with innocence you have to find not guilty that was what the judge told the jury
0: that law has changed now
1: well regardless of whether it has or not but it's a theory consistent with innocence There's, I'm sure over 25 years a lot of smart people have looked at it so you, you can get a lot of Theories. But this the, is just the one, the one you is, mentioned that was just the most, the what well, we just say, plausible. Well, yeah, it does
0: sound plausible.
1: Uh, the most plausible of the theories.
0: The thing is, for, for what you're saying, which is that you had nothing to do with all three of these, to be correct, you need all of these witnesses, the ones who said they saw you walking down the side of the house, with Colleen, the ones who said they saw you walking out of the room where Evelyn disappears, the ones who say they saw someone who matches your description standing over a black teenager just after Clinton disappears, you need the ones who say you confess to this in prison. You need the one who said you confess to it later, saying you've got bodies buried out on the Congarini. You need all of these witnesses to be wrong.
1: Doesn't you need all of those witnesses have their evidence tested, and some have, and, and come up short. Like, like the one you just mentioned, the one that saw me walking down the hallway. I lived, I used to live at that address. I'd boarded with um, what Muriel. I, I had a room there. And you go to a party up there, you drink until you drop. You basically drop wherever you are. I could have just as easily been walking up to the boys' room, which is where Fiona was sleeping at the time, looking for a, a somewhere to crash for the night, and I heard the baby turned around and walked away.
0: So you're saying that's what happened?
1: I'm not saying that is what happened. I'm saying that's what could have happened. Yeah?
0: Uh, you know? You're talking you're talking about evidence being tested. All this evidence being tested in court. You know mm-hmm. as well as I do that all this evidence has never been tested all in court at the same time. The Not at, like at the, the same time. Yeah. Would you welcome someone doing that that are caught hearing all of this evidence at the same time?
1: Yeah, you? I've thought I've thought about that over over the years since these double jeopardy laws have been changed. I've, like almost right. If it wasn't for the strain it puts on the family, you know, emotionally and financially and all the other things that go along with it, the national celebrity that comes with it, I don't want none of that. But then again, I want the actual evidence to be all heard and seen that it wasn't me. So it's a tough question, it's just almost as tough a question as me ringing you this afternoon, whether to talk to you or not.
0: That was a tough question, and I accept you did it, but you're saying there's a part of you that would like to see this all go to court?
1: A small part, we'll put it that way.
0: And if it did, this time, would you give evidence?
1: Once again, that's up to the guys that are in control of the case. You don't hire a, you know, a mechanic to look at your car and then second-guess him. If the mechanic says, but you, you know, don't you go near them, it... But you
0: hire Jay. You hire these guys. You give them
1: instructions. I don't right? hire them. They you come do. from the public...
0: you c- okay, you're talking about legal aid, but technically they get instructions from you. If you tell them, I want to give evidence, they have to say Yes. You are, you are the only person who can make sure that you
1: give evidence. And what I'm saying is, if their advice is not to, you don't have to, then why would I go against their advice? Okay. Okay. Yeah, you've got to see that as sensible.
0: I do. Jay, I've got to say one thing. You've done something quite exceptional in calling me up today and having this conversation and answering these questions. You have done something quite exceptional. What I'm going to do is... We've got one more episode of that podcast to go out. I will make certain that... Not the whole conversation, because we've been talking for longer than that episode will last. But this conversation is represented in that. I'll also write something for the paper that gives this account that you've given me. Your account will be made public, as I have made the other evidence... I won't get a chance to do that before tomorrow, so it won't be in the paper until, what is that, Thursday. And the fifth episode also comes out on Thursday. So in both of those, we'll give your account of what happened and your account of the evidence.
1: Yeah, I just want to get... Can I just bring up a few things before we go? Yeah, yeah. There's been multiple accounts of me working with Aboriginal children
0: yeah, that's not true. I've checked
1: that. Yeah, it's absolutely not true. Yeah, I not work true. in IT. Alison's yeah. Um, yeah. evidence, she told you I tried to kill her twice.
0: Yeah, well, that, she told me that you, you were violent towards her twice.
1: Yeah, well... Yeah, I And that I'd never been charged with anything. Well, you I, was charged, I was charged with assault. Yeah. And okay. I did six months out. community service.
0: I couldn't get the details of exactly what charge you got and what the result it was, was, but a I, know, I know that you were charged for some of the things she alleged, and I said that.
1: And the other thing was, with, as far as that gun goes, at some point before that argument, where she reckoned I tried to shoot her with the gun, yeah. she had fired off a two-four-three calibre rifle in the house, which I was licensed to own at the time,
0: so, this is before you threatened her with a gun, and you're saying she
1: fired a rifle in the house? She fired that rifle off in the house. And when I got home that afternoon, the lady that owned the place, Rita Chapman, she went off at me about it. And, you know, a big argument ensued. I went inside and I had a look through the hole in the wall. The bullet had gone straight through a stud and was basically aimed straight up the house across the street. Yeah. After that, I took the firing pins out of those guns and I took them round to my cousin's place. And so the firing pins were never in the guns but together with the guns again after that oh, while I was with her there. But
0: you did throw her with a gun?
1: I, it was a, one of them stupid bloody things. She's going on about bit. She wanted to kill herself. I said, Grab the gun off the rack. I said, Here, go ahead and do it. Oh with no firing pin in the gun, of course. How mm. could she? Mm. She's gone around the corner to her relatives, claiming that I'm trying to shoot her in this. The sergeant turned up. He took the guns. He went and um, verified that the firing pins were another location, and the next day he gave them back to me. No charges involved. There was no violence involved, apart from a huge argument over... You know, her being her and me being me. And yeah. so, you know, that, it's, it's just a case of her having such a selective memory.
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, and I just wanted to go to the word adduced just before we go.
0: Because
1: yeah. so much has been said about this word. The relevant part that I'm looking at here is fresh evidence is defined as that which, A, was not adduced in the proceedings in which the person was acquitted Mm. and could not have been adduced in those proceedings with the exercise of reasonable diligence. So is any of this evidence that they are claiming is fresh and compelling could not have been found through the exercise of reasonable diligence.
0: My understanding yeah. is that they put it. You, you know, you obviously keep a very close eye on what's said about this case. You know that the police are putting a brief together to apply yeah. it for retrial.
1: My yeah, understanding to is that yeah,
0: that will detail some fresh and compelling evidence. Um, I don't know at the moment what all of that is.
1: Now, and neither do I. I'm just no. assuming that the truck driver and some of these other you know, there's people saying I used to carry around pills and give to everyone and mm. it was quickies. The only thing I used to carry around was quick because I had heartburn all the time. Quick ease. I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm still taking medication for, for heartburn.
0: Did you ever spike <laughs> did you women's drinks, Joe?
1: No. And Unless you
0: call quickly, so <laughs> yeah. All right, look, I um, I've written a story that will go in the paper um, based on some of the coronial documents about these allegations of drink spiking. So we say they're allegations. Tomorrow, when I come in and write the, pap- the story for tomorrow's paper, it will be your account, okay? Okay. And the and the podcast on Thursday will be your account. Can I just ask you one last thing? Mhm. You know the police are putting together this this brief of evidence to call for a re mm-hmm. are you worried?
1: As I said before, I'm more worried about the stress and strain on the family and everyone I know and the financial stress it's going to put on me. You know, I'm on a pension, mm. you know, I haven't got money to go and spend on you know, motels for two months mm. at a time. Uh, that, that's what I'm worried about more than... Because this is the thing. If you put the two or three cases together...
0: Yeah.
1: Well, we'll talk about just two cases. We'll just leave Colleen out for a moment because I don't know anything about that yeah. brief of evidence. If you put Colleen and Clinton together, you get a stronger case against me. yeah. But you also get a stronger case for my not having anything to do it, because there's so many more witnesses when you combine the two cases together. I don't want to go back into that whole argument yeah, okay. about the strength of the, yeah, yeah. the witnesses, but they're there. You know, it, it, so I don't know. I'm, I think that's enough right. for, for me to be found not guilty again. As I said, I'm more worried about the stress and strain and financial burden it's going to put on us than actually being found guilty, but I'll tell you now, if it happens, you'll, I'll certainly be feeling my my <laughs> fair share of stress. So yeah. You can't go into that sort of thing and not be worried. Yeah. Alright, then i Thanks for listening to me, and I, no, no, thank I you. really thank hope you yeah.
0: for taking
1: the time to call. No, uh, uh, that's all right. Um, and the only reason I rang you is I thought you you were trying to show that it wasn't all one, you know, one sided. You were trying to be at least a little more, um, what's the word, objective than some of the other reporters that have ambushed me in the street. Right.
0: All right well. Like I said, now you've spoken to us, we can balance things and we'll do that in Thursday's reporting.
1: Okay, then I look forward yeah. to hearing your podcast then. Thank you, John. Right. Thanks, Dan. Bye. 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 So,
0: bye. My name is Manny Carudis, and I'm a former New South Wales policeman turned investigative reporter with a passion for missing persons cases. I'm here to quickly tell you about our True Crime Australia podcast, The Missing. In this series, I look at old missing persons cases which have all gone cold in an attempt to try and uncover new information which could help see these missing people reunited with their loved ones or any form of clue that could bring these families closure. The Missing is available now wherever you get your podcasts and early and ad-free on CrimeX Plus on Apple Podcasts.